Right. I'm not looking. Well, right, I'm, no, right before we started, I said you can start. start nah, nah. I literally said three, and I turned, and then you were pointing at me. Why didn't you say no, something? No, I did. <laughs> right before we started recording, I said, "Okay, you start." And then I was like, "Wait, but we gotta put the stoppers on." Oh, I didn't look at you at all. So, anywho, welcome back to another episode of Bobbles to Bobbles. Uh, it's been about what two weeks? Has th- it? Yeah, I think we, we missed last week's. Oh, I think so. I don't know. But anyways, welcome back, welcome back. I am your host, Asu. And, and I'm Chi. Yeah, that's Chi. <laughs> Everyone knows. The big loud one. Nah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But how are you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing good, doing great. Can you believe it? The year is almost over. Yeah, I saw a meme online the other day and it said something like, oh, it's already, you know, it's almost August and then it's going to be halloween and before you know it happy new year yeah (laughs) i was like that's right it went by really fast actually thinking about it last year just seemed like a complete blur like i honestly don't remember anything that i did last year yep covid would do that to you (laughs) (laughs) like if you asked me what did you do you know for christmas or what did you do for july 4th i i don't i don't remember (laughs) probably nothing (laughs) yeah because of covid (laughs) Literally, COVID came and everyone just stood inside. Yeah, I know. But when you when people ask me that, for some reason, I get taken back to like two, three years ago. And then I confuse myself with those events because it just seemed like last year didn't even exist. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, I know. Like I, if you ask me, what did I do on July 4th last year? I'm thinking about what I did two years ago. And then I confuse that with, oh, that's what I did last year. But I actually really didn't do anything last year. Yeah. I don't know. But that's that's my point is that because of COVID and everyone was inside, nothing memorable was being done. So we just literally just skip it. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, yeah, like last year, there was nothing. You don't remember last year because last year wasn't re- rememberable. But can you believe it that it was literally just last March that the pandemic started? Yeah. And they <laughs> shut down everything for a year. Yeah. Wow. And everyone was talking about how it's only going to be three months, four months. <laughs> yeah. Everything will be back by October. No, Boom. Now, now it's almost new, October no, again. Now this new Delta variant is swarming around. Yeah, but I think that people aren't as as afraid of the Delta one than the um the first time. Because it's not like people are dying, right? At the rate that there was at the first time. No, I, I don't know the statistics, so I can't argue about that but i know it's highly contagious yeah i know that but it's like i think of it like kind of like the flu now where it's got to the point where it's becoming flu like mm. where everyone's just starting to see it as a flu instead of thinking of it as some dangerous well maybe it's just it's being seen as flu like because people are vaccinated right and so the symptoms that vaccinated people would get from delta 
it's or not just as bad. flu-like right. symptoms. Yeah. But those who aren't vaccinated are still being hospitalized well, as if it's like, you know, as if they had just caught COVID. Right. A year so, ago. Yeah. That's crazy, man. But. I don't know. Now they're they're uh, giving people a hundred dollars just to come in and and get their vaccine. Where? <laughs> and I'm like, can I go and get like yeah, ten where different was this? vaccine shots? What was this? <laughs> I go get the Pfizer. I go get Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get my first shot as a different person every single time I yeah. walk in. <laughs> but yeah, no, they uh they're offering people incentives to come get the shot because there's not enough. Not yeah, enough people who? have been vaccinated. Who everywhere? Not no everywhere. I heard this on the on, on the, the radio, radio the other day. Chi <laughs> <laughs> and like two other listeners, they spent a total of three hundred dollars <laughs> on this promotion because Chi and two other people still listen to the radio. No, listen, okay. On the radio, they said that you can go to any clinic. You can go to Costco, Walmart, wherever that they're providing vaccines. And they will, they're giving people $100 just to get vaccinated. Man, I signed up too, <laughs> too early. I should have waited. I knew it. Patience is a virtue. I should have waited. I would have got 100 bucks free. <laughs> sure, sure. 100 bucks per shot <laughs> oh damn okay well like i said man i'm showing up with eight different diff different people because people when they get their first shot you know obviously some people get symptoms and yeah. then they choose not to come back for the second so they're giving incentives for the second shot as well i don't know if they're planning to do like 50 for the first shot 50 for the second or if they're doing 100, oh, but you know. still they're getting paid to do it yeah all i know is that you gotta pay me like like a thousand do you want me to take the johnson and johnson one <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. But now they're mandating vaccines everywhere. Okay, I shouldn't say everywhere, but a lot of like major companies and mm -hmm. hospitals and even VA places are mandating. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like they should. At the same time, like, I feel like they shouldn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. to me, it's like those um, businesses are technically kind of like private, uh, privately owned. Yeah. Right? So if you're privately owned, you're kind of like subjected. If you want to work there, subjected to their rules in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. So if they want you to be vaccinated, then you kind of have to be vaccinated. So it's, it's kind of like within their rights to do that. It's not like... Um, the government's going around saying that like if you guys want to drive your car or anything like that, you gotta get vaccinated. <laughs> so like it's still kind of like if you if you're gonna shop at Walmart, you gotta get vaccinated. Right, but but like I said, but I don't know. I just feel like the Walmart is Walmart's not like a government, mm -hmm. you know, and the government's not making you get vaccinated. It's these like. Businesses, These private are, corporations, right? That are making you get so at the same time, that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I feel like it's okay because it's it's their rule, it's their business, right? So I feel like as long as the government's not mandating you to get vaccinated <clears throat> to do anything. So you're saying that as long as the government is not mandating it, then these corporations are should not be allowed to mandate it. No, I'm saying this should oh, be really? as long as it's not the government that's not doing it. You know what I'm saying? But how is that fair? That's how it's always been. Like like smaller businesses, 
could mandate things like that, but the government shouldn't. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's why I'm kind of like okay with it, you know. But at the same time, it's like there's a line that that shouldn't be crossed. Like mm-hmm. I think like once the government starts saying this is like everyone needs to be vaccinated, that's when I start yeah. to have an issue with it. Because th- this way, it's like you still have your rights to choose not to get vaccinated, but you just can't work here. <laughs> you don't, you know. You know that's funny because. I was talking to some coworkers about their kids and when they like gave birth. And one of my coworkers mentioned that she went to a certain hospital and she wanted her tubes tied, right? Yeah. But the hospital had a a systematic belief that they can't do that. Like that's that's a service that they can't provide for yeah. mothers. Mm-hmm. But if she went to another hospital, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you want your tube tied? You yeah. know, we have a machine right for now. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I guess, would you say that that's similar to like vaccinations? Because if hospitals, if certain hospitals are able to deny certain services, then some hospitals should be able to to just kind of mandate yeah. vaccinations. That's my point. Mm. It's like because it's a business, uh, business owned so whoever owns it can make those those rules. Yeah. So yeah, it's the same thing like some holistic hospitals, you know, how where like some hospitals offer holistic uh healing techniques. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> okay, sure. And then other hospitals don't. Come on, like the hospitals in Milwaukee, man, they serve you boiled chicken. That's more of a cultural understanding. Exactly. That- but we're, that's not a whole You're not gonna go to Tucson approach. and get boiled chicken. Well, that's because they don't have a population of Hmong people there that needs to be served boiled chicken after they give birth. But that's my point, is that it's it's a service that they could just change on the on the go, you know, on the fly. That they could just add onto. But that's I don't see that equivalent to vaccines. You because, can serve because, vaccine or you don't. But listen. As an employee, if you deny, if you choose not to get it, you lose your job. Yeah. Right? And then going back to the story of if you don't provide uh, tube tied services, you don't lose your job. But... You get what I'm saying? Like now vaccinations are directly tied to a person's employment. If you don't get vaccinated, sorry, you got to go find another job. I mean, yeah. I can see that, you know. So that's where it becomes tricky. Yeah, I know. And I, I agree. It's kind of like they're making you do something that you don't want to do. Right. To keep your job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's within their rights to do so. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to have a bachelor degree in nursing if you want to be a nurse here. So starting, you know, you guys got three years. <laughs> To go back and get, you know, for those two-year degrees, to get the, to get the four-year degree, if you guys don't, then we're going to have to let you go. Right? They, can they do that? Yeah, of course they can. Exactly. See? So now their job is tied down to their degree. <laughs> Boom! No. Another one for Sue. <laughs> Woo! I, I just, I, I guess I just can't. When you start mandating things like that, then people don't really have free will anymore. Yeah, you do. 
you have the will to not work there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's like, I own this place. If you want to work here, you got to do these things. If you don't, you're free to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, don't hospitals make you take flu shots already anyways? But they don't mandate it. Okay. Don't they make you take your other shots like they don't, uh, they syphilis? Don't, no. <laughs> syphilis shots. I've yeah. never heard of syphilis <laughs> shots before. No. And healthcare, they don't mandate you to take any type of vaccinations. So you could literally work there with no so vaccinations. So I could literally be an anti-vaxxer and I would be allowed to work at the, you know, in healthcare. As long as you sign some type of form that says that, you know, you completely understand, you know. That if you die, right, it's not their fault right, because you didn't get your vaccine. Right. If you didn't get your uh, measles shot and you somehow catch measles here and you die, and then that's, you know, it's not liable to them because you refused a vaccination. So that's why I'm Are saying. Are you sure? I yes, could have swore you told me that you had to go get your shots updated. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. No, it's always recommended to get your flu shots but if you choose not to they give you this disclosure form you have to sign it and then you know a manager you have to go through all these like upper management stuff and everybody has to sign it and that's it that's it that's all you have to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i guess the but difference the between that and um the the uh delta variant the covid is that I think like COVID has like an immediate effect. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean? Like if one person catches it, like the whole floor is now in jeopardy. Like it has an immediate effect on. Uh, I mean, that's how flus are. Yeah, but the thing is that like. If you show up to work and you're sneezing, coughing, touching everything, and you don't wipe it down, everybody is bound to catch the yeah, flu. Yeah, well, but the flu is not killing people at the rate that COVID is, right? But the flu kills people. Yeah, the flu, the flu kills. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not docking flus. Uh, kill kill points. <laughs> I like how, how uh, <laughs> we're not. You know, <laughs> a licensed epidemiologists, and we're talking about hey, freaking hey, viruses. We don't have to be licensed <laughs> to talk about that stuff. Okay, I know plenty of people out there who are just as knowledgeable on certain topics, and they're not even like have any degrees on it. <laughs> right? Would you say so? Sure. Like, do you need to have a degree in botany to know how to garden? Not necessarily. Exactly. And you could have people out there who are master gardeners <laughs> who aren't botanists, right? For some reason, talking about master gardeners <laughs> reminded me of The Sims. <laughs> okay. And how you can choose to go get a degree as a botanist or you could just learn to plant four specialized vegetables in your back garden and as long as you continue to uh uh fertilize it and you know tend to it you could produce a gold star product and you could become a master gardener sorry i don't know why i started thinking about the sims <laughs> How does that have anything to do with the botanist? No, it goes with your argument that you don't need a like a degree or a license to excel at it. And I just started thinking about this. <laughs> anyway, well, sorry. Well, my I point digress. exactly. <laughs> Backed up by The Sims. And you know The Sims is credible. But yeah. Anywho. Anywho. So, 
Uh, the Olympics just happened. <laughs> well, a great still transition. Happening. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, oh, so I haven't really been watching the Olympics. I haven't been tuning into it. Um, but I would watch like little YouTube clips here and there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, U.S. hasn't really been, like, I don't know where they are at in like medals. I think last time overall. I checked, I think last time I checked, U.S. has, is either first or second in mm-hmm. total medals yeah. earned. Yeah. But they're, but China's winning in gold medals. Yeah. I think U.S. is like third yeah. in gold medals. Yeah. But I have noticed that, that the U.S. isn't, you know, on top with their gold medal winnings. And a lot of these uh, Asian countries like Japan and South Korea and China and like out of like left field, Indonesia and the Philippines are just coming out of nowhere and winning gold. Uh, I mean, look, yeah, I have my personal <laughs> opinions on it. OK, because I feel like this year there's a lot of factor that goes into who shows up. Sure. Right. So there could be some of them that are actually like could potentially be better mm-hmm. that are not showing up because of COVID. Or are, are like are sick or mm-hmm. are dropping out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or just nervous to be there. Yeah. And just choose not to be there. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, th- those could potentially be potential uh, factors, uh, factors yeah. on why certain countries are winning. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, I haven't watched the Olympics, and the last time I really watched the Olympics was back in like was was. 2016? No. That was, no, back then, back to like oh, 2004. When Michael Phelps was still in the Yeah, Olympics. I think so. I, I don't remember, but I just remember watching it then. But other than that, yeah, I don't really watch the Olympics. I, like you said, just watch like clips and and just watch who wins yeah. here there. Especially as USA wins. Then oh, I, yeah. I, I tend to gravitate towards more of those. Really? Yeah, like if China wins, I don't care. Really? I don't know why, but... Um, I haven't really been tuning into the Olympics this year, but I've actually been watching a lot of uh, events that I normally don't watch. Like I started watching ping pong the other day and man, was it good. (laughs) (laughs) Ping pong was a little too extreme for me. I do enjoy watching it, but I mean, it's kind of like once you see one or two matches, you kind of see them all, you know? But I, I was watching the uh, the ping pong match, and then I was watching the fencing match, and then I started watching synchronized swimming, and then I even got to watching rugby, and I was like, wow, these are all sports that I normally don't watch. Like, I always tune into swimming, or, or you know, like volleyball, but these were like, you know, very different. I was watching some, to what I normally some judo. Watch. Oh, I didn't watch any yeah, judo. Yeah, I don't watch any judo, but I was watching some judo. You know what the, the weird thing is? I tend to watch more of the women's uh, participating mm. than the men's. That's true. I tend to watch more of the girls' judo, the girls' weightlifting, <laughs> you know? And it just, to me, just seems like the guy just, it's not as exciting, mm-hmm. you know, for why some reason. That? I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> like, you know why, though, especially with judo? It's because I see it in, like, UFC, like, guys fighting all oh. the time. So it's like I I need something different, a different mm. perspective, you know. I did watch a skateboarding event, oh, and yeah. let me just tell you, <laughs> these skateboarders in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna be like adults. They're gonna be like in their twenties, no. 
no, these were like 12, 13 year olds. A 13 year old won gold in yeah. skateboarding. And she was going up against, I think, one of the U.S. Um, she was going up against Tony Hawk. <laughs> no. She, <laughs> she was going up against a U.S. contestant. And, she, and this U.S. contestant was like 40. And yeah. she's 13. Yeah. My gosh. That's crazy. I feel like, but this is me personally. I feel like, skate, especially in skateboarding, and it's kind of like on par with um, gymnastics, where like the younger you are, the better you perform because mm-hmm. you, I feel like you have more control of your mm-hmm. muscles. And as you get older, you begin to like have live out your life, and you're not like skating as much. Yeah, and you begin to lose like all those control. And not only that, but like when you get hurt, you tend to recover faster as a kid. Yeah. Whereas when you're old, man, you did one wrong like hip move and you blow out your whole hip, and then now you're out for six months. Whereas a kid, like, you know, they could twist and turn so that their muscles are still loose, so they won't necessarily suffer that injury mm-hmm. from a fall. Yeah, they'll be able to recuperate, recuperate from it better. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not surprised that if kids are like busting people out and and skateboarding. But I just wasn't expecting a 13 year old to just come out of nowhere and just win gold. Like, I'm no, I mean, starting I'm to notice surprised. that a lot of these events, these kids are getting younger and younger. Like, there's a, a girl, a 14-year-old, running in, like, this 400-meter, like, race. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, who who's recruiting you? Like, like who are these people that are coming out to your, like, events, your high school, middle school events, and saying, hey, I think you should join the Olympics? <laughs> well, she, I think she's a freshman in high school. Yeah, but, you know, still, like, they're yeah. just getting younger and younger. I'm calling right now, Olympics, 2030, it's going to be a bunch of eight-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she wants. She wants to watch the, uh, the eight-year-olds do the um, taekwondo. I'm just going to be like, yeah. <laughs> like four-year-olds. Just yeah, just hop around. <laughs> I would love that. I would buy a ticket and sit in the front row and just watch that proudly. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the reason I brought the Olympics is, you know, of course, the historical <laughs> Suni Lee. I think that's her name. <laughs> <laughs> Sunisa, some people, I think that's her full name. Yeah. Suni Lee, the first um, Hmong American. Oh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, yeah, Minnesota. To win uh, any medals. In the Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics. I think she's probably the first one to go to the Olympics. Yeah, she is. They did talk about this Hmong journalist who's been in the Olympics. Like, Man, he recording. <laughs> he got a job. That's his job. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, she is the first Hmong American to win a gold medal. To win any medal. To show right, up. Right, just... Okay. To participate. Yeah. Okay? Because I'm not going to be like, oh, what about... Uh, Tony, uh, Vang. Tony, Tony Yang, uh, uh, skateboarding. Uh, no, 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 just no, sitting no, on no. the on the bench. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was just saying, yeah, like more like a Tony like Vang who shows up as a spectator. <laughs> you know, I was like, nobody cares about that guy. Nobody yeah. cares about the guy that's look. Okay, I get it. That guy is the first one person to come up and film stuff at the Olympics. He's been doing that for a long time. But I feel like when you are the participant. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you are actually the one that's doing the stuff and actually winning resonates a lot more. Yeah. Like, nobody cares about the camera guy. You care about the actor. <laughs> right? 
sure. <laughs> but anywho, Suni Lee won gold. She won gold in the all-around event. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because I think that if Simone Biles never dropped out. Simone. <laughs> Simone. Simone. Yeah. Okay, Simone Biles. Okay. You think that Suni would have won if she stayed? Um, No, I think she would have definitely gotten a silver. Mm. And one of the reasons why I say that was because when I watched her all around events, even the spectators, they were saying, oh, her... Her career. Her, no, been, not oh. her career, but her performance wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. especially on the bars, which she's known for. Yeah. They said that there were so many moments that could have gone wrong, but she somehow managed to just kind of pull through it. There was a moment where she swung from the high bar to the low bar, and I heard the spectators say, oh, oh, you know, like that was a little crooked, like one miss of a finger and she would have slipped right off. Mm-hmm. And then when she swung back to the high bar, they were like, oh, oh, you know, like she didn't swing in the middle, but she swung a little too far to the left. Like that could have, you know, gone wrong. Yeah. That was all thanks to the who please call it right now. <laughs> no, but the chickens. <laughs> but it's it's things like that where I, I was listening to spectators because I'm not, you know, I'm not. Gy- I don't know yeah. what I'm, I'm watching. You know, yeah, I don't we, know. We all you know. know you're not no gymnast, <laughs> right? But when I listen to these spectators and they make comments like that, I'm like, okay, if they see those little flaws, then obviously it wasn't perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. But when they do watch Simone Biles, it's a Perfect, like perfect, 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 perfect uh, like wow. And mm. it's really just all about is she going to make the landing? And mm. if she makes the landing, then that would have been like it's good. Like, like she would have yeah. just nailed it. And I honestly do think that if Simone Biles um was competing in the all around, I think she would have won gold. And mm. then and then um Sun Lee would have won silver. Mm-hmm. Hey, so thanks, Simone, for dropping out. (laughs) (laughs) All us Hmong Americans, (laughs) thank you for dropping out because you gave us a gold. And she already got one. Why she been greedy? (laughs) She got to learn how to share. But you you know what's scary about that is that we all know why Simone Biles ended up dropping out, right? It's because she talks about mental health. Yeah. So now I'm starting to worry for Sunisa. Because, especially with winning gold in the Olympics, now there's more pressure on you to perform the next time you go. Is there? You know what I mean? There is. There's always pressure on you because now you're kind of like, you're like the yeah, champion. You're, yeah, you're the reigning so champ. You, so you have to defend your, your gold. title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like it depends on what she wants. Right? Like, do you want to... Like, I, I know that, like, for example... You know, this kind of like way out left field, but uh, in the gaming world, right? Mm-hmm. When you when you play, let's say for example, playing fighting games, mm-hmm. and you go to an event that's kind of like the Olympics, which is like every year, um, there is this big tournament called Evo Evolution Gaming Tournament, right? And it's the biggest fighting game tournament, and it's like when you win it, you don't really think about oh, I gotta defend this next year. It's more about I just got to win it once in my life. You get what I'm saying? It's not like a heavyweight belt where like you got to defend it. It's, it's not as if she loses next year, she loses her gold medal. So I'm going to get a lot of uh, hate for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like this. Controversy. 
gaming, I don't consider a sport. Dang! <laughs> hey, hey, it's called esports, okay? <laughs> esports, electronic sports. But, but gaming, okay. Okay, so, okay, okay. Before you get there, do you consider chess a sport? <sighs> no, I don't even consider chess. Dang! Y'all heard that, y'all nerds? <laughs> yeah, y'all nerds. Cheeto doesn't care about y'all. Y'all a bunch of nerds. No, I feel like when it comes to physicality, that's what that, sports is no, about. No, no, no. That becomes a lot more pressure than games. <laughs> really? I don't yeah. think so. Okay, so <laughs> I guess it's different because you've never competed in anything. <laughs> yes, I have. Sports like. And I've grown up competing in things sports-like, but I've never competed in things game-like, whereas you've competed yeah. in things game-like. And I so say I, that they're both equally taxing in different aspects. Sure. So, okay. So, uh, let me rephrase this. Let's let's do say that games are considered a sport. It's esports. Okay. Game is an esport. Okay. Game is esport. It's electronic sports. Maybe that's how you feel when you play games, but with physical sports. The mindset and mentality in physical sports, I feel, is very different. You yeah. Do, you do get a lot of pressure. But it's the same thing with esports. But you just said it wasn't. You said that, oh, that no, the no, goal no. is just to, once you win, you win, and and that's it. But but that is the pressure. The pressure is that you got to overcome all these like top-level people to win, you gotta beat them too. You know what I'm saying? Right, but you're saying that in esports, you don't get that pressure that you know where you have to focus on your mental health phase when you compete the next time around. No, that's not what I said. I said that like the Olympics, it's kind of like once you win gold, you win gold. You got the gold. You want it already. You don't mm-hmm. have to defend your gold for next year. No, because if right. you lose the next year, then you lose your gold. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. It's not that. But it's the idea that once you've won gold, you've, you're kind of seen as, okay, one of the best. So you have to continue to prove that, yeah, you won gold, you know, so. But, but what is there to prove? You won it already. But you got to prove that you're still one of the best. I mean, come on. If you won gold one year and then you you play the next year and the following year and like you don't even make it to finals or top three, then it just seems like it was just a fluke. Could be. Yeah. You know, perfect example was uh, the female tennis player Osaka. And when she beat, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Venus. Uh, was it? Serena Williams. Mars. Oh. Serena and when she won that championship what is that called Uh, Wimbledon Wimbledon, um, people were like oh it was a fluke because Serena was just having a bad day yeah you know and you know what happened when she played the next time around she didn't win who Serena no Osaka Osaka. she lost her her like um, her very first uh, um, match yeah fluke no, it's not a <laughs> fluke. The way I see it is like, yeah, people can say that that's a fluke, right? But to me, it's like, if you can put yourself in that position, you're already like top zero zero one percent of the people who are actually in that sport, right? So you belong there already. 
yeah, you may not beat the reigning champ, but you're up there and contending with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, you can say something about like like uh, the fighting game community. It's like people who win Evo now mm-hmm. don't necessarily win it again, mm-hmm. and sometimes they even lose. You know. Like before they even get to the the semifinals and things like that. But I would also argue that it's just not the sports that puts pressure on gold medalist winners. I think it has a lot to do with media too. Because when you're showcased on TV like this, you have people who are going to come up to you, Nike, Adidas, whatever. They're going to say, we want your face on our, you know, ads. We want to sponsor you. Now that's pressure because now you have to kind of like perform. perform Yeah, I I can see that. To hold those sponsorships. When your livelihood is based on how well you do, I can see that. But at the same time, it's kind of like. But then you also have to consider that she's the first Hmong American to win. So now you have the Hmong community looking up to you, expecting even, you know, so much more from you, expecting you to win the next time you go. That's pressure as well. Now, if you go and you play some game, some random regional community game and you win, you're like, yeah, I won. But you don't have pressure. The next time you play, it doesn't matter if you win or right, lose. But, but the thing is that you're comparing it to like the next regional games like there are like gaming tournaments where it's worldwide where it's literally you versus korea versus japan yeah but you have to remember that some of those games don't get media attention the way that freaking gymnastics do i think they do it's just that i mean okay not as big as like uh as uh nbc or something like that you know Mm -hmm. but the thing is that you're not involved in that world so you don't know you know what i'm saying like you don't know how many views they got from like uh like for example League of Legends, mm-hmm. they probably got like twenty, thirty thousand right. like millions of views, but you're not involved in that community, so you don't see it. So I can say that about your argument. You're not involved in that, so you can't say that someone can't feel pressure or suffer from mental health. Oh no, I'm saying that they, they could, but I'm saying that like winning the Olympic is not as bad as winning the heavyweight championship, where you actually have to defend it. You know what I'm saying? But in the Olympic world, that's how they. I'm not saying that there's no. It I'm not saying there's no pressure in her being like the champ and that she's the person to beat. You know, I've I've watched so many like clips just from this Olympics where I've heard commentators say, "Oh, you know, the 2016 champion, so and so. Let's see if you know she can hold on to that." gold let's see if she will be reigned undefeated you know like they use comments like that right you know but but, the, so, but what i'm trying to say is that like she is already a solidified champion right by winning last year's right. gold you could be a solidified champion but every time you compete it's always going to come back to can you hold your ground can you continue to win gold can you continue to stay undefeated you know are you as good as what you were the first time around yeah, I mean, I, there's always that, but if you lose, you just lose like that. That's it. You know what I'm saying? But when you lose, right, here's the problem. When you lose, it hurts so much more because now you know that you were kind of like the expected winner. So then when you fail to to perform you kind of start to feel like oh man like i let everybody down i let my community down i let my Hmong people down like 
Yeah, you know, maybe but, last time was really just a fluke. But like, the, you know, but my point is that she's still in the record book, and she still has the medal to show that she won. Yeah, but we're arguing about mental health here. That I'm nervous for her because that's probably what she's going to go through now, right? After winning gold, and I, and I understand that. But what I'm saying is that it's not as bad comparable to when you actually can lose to that gold medal oh sure that's what i'm saying that's the point i'm trying to make that yeah she's gonna have that pressure as the reigning champ but it's not as bad as like if you lose and let's say you get like third place bronze like sure you know Mm -hmm. you still instead like you're still right you're still in the books people will still recognize you as oh you won gold in 2020 imagine if you like you're the world champ in boxing right Mm -hmm. you have all these titles you are like super stressed because if you lose, you lose all them titles. Yeah. Then you go back to a nobody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the difference. What I'm trying to say is like that that pressure is completely different versus like for example in football, you won Super Bowl. Oh, you're this defending Super Bowl team, but it's like whatever. Like if you lose that year, it's fine. You solidify that you won that the year prior, right? You still had the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you just going back to that Olympics, the conversation that I've been hearing in all these competitions is never that, oh, you have solidified your gold, your winning gold, but now it just becomes you having to, you know, defend this undefeated title. I mean, being, I want to say it's undefeated. Bad. Okay. But defending that title. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you lose, it's like, oh, well, like, okay, you know, she won. She gets a gold. Mm-hmm. You still go home. You still have your gold that you yeah. won from last time. Yeah. Whereas if you lose in a boxing match, they're not going to be like, oh, he got some new title. You can keep your old ones. You know, it's like, no, you go home with nothing. You're going to watch him walk away with all the stuff that you fought for. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that pressure is a lot more. Yeah. When you actually have something to lose. Sure. But there's still pressure regardless. Yes. Yes. There's still pressure regardless. Yes, of course. But that's off the topic. Okay. <laughs> that's not the point I want to bring this up. The point is, is that at this moment she has solidified. She also won like I think silver in the uh, uneven bars. Uh, Event. no, she won. Um, she won bronze. Oh, bronze is it on the bars? I believe, and then she won uh, silver as a team. Oh, so she won like gold for all around, silver. So as she a got team, all the colors. Bronze for the bars. Yes, yeah, she got all the colors. Boom. Yeah. She's collecting the Infinity Stone. Okay. <laughs> so what's the next one? <laughs> yeah, uh, none. Fourth place. No, but, the, but the, the point I'm trying to bring up is that this is a historical moment. For the for, Hmong community. For, yeah, for the Hmong community. Because now it's like all the people who has never heard of Hmong people mm-hmm. are now, you know, actually know of a Hmong person. Yeah. You can go down to like, you know, uh, New Orleans now. And probably people down there know about Hmong people because of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and now when people ask you, oh, you know, like, what's your nationality? You can say, oh, you know, I'm I'm Hmong. And they'll be like, oh, like oh, what's Hmong? You could be like, like, Suli from the Olympics. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, like, not saying that name correctly. Go look it up. What's her real name? Her name is Suni. Sun I. That's her name. Sun I. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Sunisa Lee. Oh, Sunisa. But everyone just call her Suni. Okay. Now, depending on the outlet. But yeah, Suni Lee. But yeah, so now she's like represented across all America. 
Like all America knows about Hmong people mm-hmm. if they watch the Olympics. In the world. Yeah. Except that, yeah, now the world knows about Hmong people mm-hmm. too. And I feel like this is a historical point in time where I feel that from this point on, you're going to start seeing more and more Hmong people start to show up in place, different places that normally don't have Hmong people included. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually just really happy that she had parents and that family who supported her because you don't see a lot of that in sports yeah like that's what i'm saying like her the way she grew up was kind of rare mm-hmm. right like her dad built her a uh balance beam thingy right. that she actually like could uses. use to yeah. practice yeah man my dad ain't gonna do that for me <laughs> you know my mom ain't, ain't never supporting nothing i do yeah. Get your ass whooped. Dude, when I did cross country and I played soccer and I ran the marathon, my parents weren't there. They didn't know what that was. Yeah, but they they did help you. They chased you around with your <laughs> ass. <laughs> you got them jokes. You got the agility. You built yeah, it up. <laughs> I got a lot of verbal backlash. It was always a, you're too skinny. Why are you doing this? You yeah, know, you're wasting like, your time. Yeah, you're wasting like, your time. Focus on school. You should be focusing on school. Like, you know, does sports feed you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now that's, that's my point is that now they're starting to see that, oh, there is merit in this. Mm-hmm. Right? There is merit in following your dreams. And that if if you have like parents who support you, then you have a higher chance of actually making it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like from this point, I, I, I thought of it as kind of like a my uh self imposed, I guess, rule or or <laughs> oh, hypothesis. Oh boy, okay. What okay? is this hypothesis? It's it's called the rule of normality. Okay. Mm-hmm. That once somebody does it. Then it Everybody. makes it yeah it makes it easier for people to to overcome and and push on to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I remember people were talking about how uh, there's no way you could break a five minute mile, mm-hmm. right? Back in like uh, what was that like the early 1900s? So or so you're saying that the moment someone kind of breaks the impossibility, it becomes yeah. So that that okay. So back in like. Around like World War Two, sure, right? I think it was uh, Olympics in Germany. Um, they were talking about how like around that time, I think it was roughly around that time, where there's no way humanly possible for a person to break a five minute mile. Mm-hmm. You cannot run a mile in under five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first time where it happened, mm-hmm. or like ever since then it has happened once. I think in the Olympics or something like that, where everyone saw. Right. And that because of that, that it could be done, that the impossible can be uh, overcome. Nowadays, you have high schoolers doing it. Yeah. High schoolers. Yeah. Breaking out the five minute you know, mile. And that's what I'm saying. Like SUNY winning as a Hmong American. Right. Because this is I'm just speakly, speaking directly to the Hmong community. Once they see something like this. Right now, they're all thinking to themselves like, "Oh, if she could do it, now I could do what I do." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, visually seeing her win on the biggest stage is now allowing kids uh, that's coming after her to see that it is possible. Yeah, and now that they're really gonna try, and 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 not only that, but like the people behind them are willing to support them now like the parents and stuff like that willing to support them mm-hmm. the rule of normality it is normal for Hmong people to succeed at this rate 
or at this uh, height. Or at this level. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because before, to to maybe the monk community, it was okay to like do just normal competitions like regional, state. But to actually go to the Olympics was kind of, in their mind, impossible. Right. But because, now seeing Sunni do it, it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, you can take my parents, you know. They don't believe in what I'm doing. A lot of people don't believe yeah. what you're doing. Let's just rephrase that. Yeah, it's not even your parents. I know, but but, just but in general, in the Hmong community, if you talk to a Hmong person, and you tell them what you're doing, they'll look at you and be like, "Oh, what an idiot." Yeah, and that's my point. Is that like I be, I'm, I'm pretty sure Sunni probably got the same thing. Where like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you can't compete with the other races. You know, mm-hmm. especially like, like I I don't know why, but Hmong people like have this high view of American culture as they're better than us. Mm-hmm. And like, why, like, don't do that. If you do that, you're going to lose to the American who's already mm-hmm. been doing this for years. Or you're just wasting your money. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, it's excuses. Yeah, it's always exactly. Some type of excuse. To and con- and my, my point was that is like, you guys haven't seen it done. So you guys don't believe. Mm-hmm. But once he's seen it, like Suni Lee has done it, you know, among person who's able to compete and win, you know, versus the world, it's like, yeah, we are good enough. Mm-hmm. And that if we put our mind and our time into it and our energy into it, we can succeed at certain things that we are good enough to compete at a high level. And that's what I'm saying. So now the rule of normality is starting to kick in where it's like it's normal to see Hmong people at this high stage. And I feel like it's the same thing for uh, for me personally back when I was growing up to see an Asian on TV. Right. And I'm speaking of like Bobby Lee when he was on Mad TV. Oh, sure. And he's like, oh, that's an Asian. That's why like, we watch Mad TVs because there's an Asian guy on it. Even though he's not Hmong, he's Korean. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't see Asian people. Someone on that TV. resembles you. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so now it's like, okay, now we could. But now that, now that we actually have a direct like Hmong person on TV, you know, it's gonna, I'm telling you, it's going to uh, revolutionize. The Hmong people, and they, they're going to start appearing in, in, in different places mm-hmm. that you know, normally don't expect expect them to be. So, in speaking of which, uh, Olympics 2024, Suni, I'm coming after you. I'm going <laughs> to win that gold. You better watch me. I'm about to do some flips. I'm, on, I'm a master at the uneven bars. I'm coming for your oh, title. Okay. Watch your back. <laughs> I'm calling right now. 2024 Olympics. I'm coming for you. Okay. But <laughs> anywho. No, on a serious note, we are ecstatic and happy and so very proud that she was able to do what she did. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm sitting right now, man. If you're a Hmong person and you own like your own businesses, mm-hmm. I don't think she should ever have to pay for anything ever again. <laughs> I'm serious. You know what I'm saying? Every home owned restaurants, you better not charge Suni <laughs> for any meal, okay? Her and her party. Her you, and her party? Yeah. Man, we need to go become friends with her then. I'm just saying, like, to me, it's like if I owned a restaurant and I see Suni come in with her family or something mm-hmm. to eat, it's on the house forever. <laughs> forever. Forever. For eternity. Yeah, for forever. But if you come in without Suni, you're getting charged. <laughs> Double. <laughs> You're getting charged, and if you use her name to try to get a free meal, I'm charging you double. Don't do that. Don't spit on her like that. Don't don't try to profit off of her success like that. 
But I'm just saying, like, for what she did to the Hmong community, I feel like anybody who owns a Hmong, like, business, I think she gets a pass forever. <laughs> wow. What? I mean, I feel like that that's the, the least we could do, right? As Hmong people for the Hmong community. If you're not doing that, I feel like you're uh, a piece of shit person <laughs> who has no love for the Hmong community, and that's why your business is dying. Dang. <laughs> why you gotta shit on people like that? That's rude. Nah, I'm just kidding. But I- I'm for real. I feel like Suni deserves all the like recognitions that she she deserves. Yeah. Especially from the Hmong community. And never again, I feel like Hmong people should ever charge her for anything unless she's buying like jewelry and stuff like that <laughs> unless, she, unless she's buying jewelry yeah like like you know things like that were like expensive you know but a i feel car. like yeah but i feel like you know she should get like free clothes you know get free meals especially food businesses she should i'm saying she should never have to pay for a Hmong business owned food meal what do you think is that something you would want? Like, if you became like the face well, of me, the community, you would want to just walk into some place and be treated like you're a freaking god? No, not to be treated by a god. It's more like okay, because I would feel uncomfortable. Let's say like I went and won gold, and I came back, and everybody was like, "Oh no, you get this for free." I'll be like, "Oh, you know, I'll be flattered. I'll be like, okay, thank you," but I would still want to contribute and like do my part. To help you grow. Yeah, by going there. <laughs> what, you are growing their business going by just there showing for up. Publicity. Yeah, like I don't understand. What's your point? Yeah, that's what comes with fame and nor you know, uh what's that called? Noriety, whatever. Yeah, that's what fame. She's famous, you know what I'm saying? But there's a difference, okay? There's a difference between creating a multi-million business and you're just a CEO of it, right? You're not like the face, like you're a successful business person and you should deserve the recognition you, you know, but what she's doing is like proving to not only the Hmong community, but to the American community, to the world that we are here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that her showing up is just winning gold or just even showing up in the Olympics to me is like big enough that she deserves like to be treated that way yeah you you know what have you heard of that um young female Hmong boxer no or or oh okay well yeah apparently she lives in dallas i yeah. see her in the facebook pages and the Hmong oh, Texas. I was like, you see her walking around just beating up people <laughs> no and, and um she's actually like this up-and-coming like Boxer. Boxer. Mm-hmm. I went. I don't know if she's like boxer, more like I don't know MMA, something, a little bit of everything. She's like black belt in judo or something like that. But she like does. Yeah, I don't know what the hell you're talking Anyways, about. But she's doing everything. She ping pong champ. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed her on the page, and I was looking her up, just reading about her, and I was like, wow, like this is this is someone that I can see in the future on ufc or mma and and excelling at it yeah and like i said once she goes up to that level and then she's able to win a champ mm-hmm. championship you know and i'm talking about big one okay? yeah yeah because yeah. i know boxing got like 
300 titles that ain't nobody care oh, no, about. No, no, I know. You know? And they got like 300 different divisions where nobody really care about. If she can make it to like, you mm-hmm. know, for example, like main event of HBO yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I agree. She shouldn't have to pay mm-hmm. for anything ever again. That's Hmong people related. But do you think... Um I don't know. I'm going to play the gender card here. Okay. Um, Why haven't we seen like Hmong men excelling at these things? Because we don't have the luxury to do so. You know what I'm saying? We really don't. What do you mean? Okay. So like as a Hmong man, you are bred to take over the house and and find a job and take care of your family like we have our roles i'm not saying that that's not like an issue but i'm saying that is an issue where the girls are generally the uh housewife who stays home and and cooking clean and the guy uh, guy is the breadwinner right he goes and makes the money and he pays for stuff but that's essentially our goals that's that's essentially the, the roles that are assigned to us Growing up, so you're saying that it's because of those roles that prevents men from, yeah, excelling athletically in in like athletic areas in sports. I know I'm one guy who plays professional soccer. Yeah, I know that, but the thing is, that like, for us, like, to go into other uh, areas, yeah, other sports, we we don't really have that support. You know, I can't agree with that because I grew. When was up- the last time you saw a Hmong guy uh, joining gymnastics? No, but what I'm saying is I can't agree with with those social role arguments that you're making because I grew up in a family where my brothers, they played sports. Yeah, but yeah. they no, played no, no, for, no, no. Okay. They played sports and you know what my parents did? They would go out of their way, take them to a sporting department store, Dick's Athletics, whatever. You know, and they would buy them expensive cleats, expensive, you know, clothes so that they can perform well in these sports. Which one? My brother. Yeah, but which which sport in particular? Oh, soccer, basketball. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they would just wanted to keep their sons happy. Tennis. Yeah. And you know what I did when I joined sports? Nothing. I didn't get anything. Exactly. That created drive. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you overcame. And that's why you were better at the... At the <laughs> that's, why I, that's why when I joined sports, like soccer, you know, cross country, I didn't get any of that. Even though all of my mem- team members had like parents who showed up to their events, had, you know, expensive Nike brand stuff. And I was over here just... Wearing stuff that I literally had to cut up at home. But that's my point. It's the fact that... Okay, th- this is like two points where where uh, your point is kind of... But, but wouldn't that show that men in the Hmong culture should be able to excel at these things because they have the support? No, they don't. Okay. So, like I said, this is the two, the, the two things I was talking about again. <laughs> right? Where the roles are there. Even though, like, for example, your parents. Mm-hmm. So, the reason they didn't support you was because of the roles. Right? Girls are not supposed to do this stuff. Yeah, and apparently to you, men are not supposed to do that either. No, no, no. But the difference is that that that's why the second rule applies. Or, or the first rule that I brought up. <laughs> okay. The rule of normality. 
your parents probably saw basketball just played by a bunch of men. Mm-hmm. Your parents probably saw a bunch of soccer played by a bunch of men, mm-hmm. right? Which makes it so that maybe our that's true. Kids, I did play. I did play basketball back in middle school. Yeah, and that's what and I'm I saying. had to quit because they wouldn't take me to practice. Yeah, and that's my point: is that your parents saw that normality that it was normal for guys to do these kind of things. Whereas for you, it was not because they don't see girls playing basketball. They don't see girls playing, you know, soccer. They just mm-hmm. see girls as housewives. And that's why they didn't support you. I mean, that's why they support your brothers. Mm-hmm. Right? Even though we all know they weren't going to go to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my brother won a free throwing state competition. But free throwing? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he brags about it about how he was going up against Shaquille? 65 Dude, people. He could, he could probably beat Shaquille O'Neal, an NBA and, and he star was five five and still won the state, you know, free throw. Gym. Yeah, could nobody blocking him? He's just sitting there shooting free throws. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. But yeah, well, that's you my gotta point. You got to hate on him like that. Hey, all right, congrats. All right, congrats. <laughs> but that's my point. The rule of normality. See, now that they start to see this, you know, now they know that, oh, shit, like, the girls are can actually excel at certain things, right? Sure. And that they're not bound to just housewives. Sure. And the guys, you know, I don't, I feel like guys. <laughs> What's your argument for men, please? <laughs> really have, like, an ego issue mm. where the, if if their ego is not, like, high enough to really believe that they are the champs that you gotta have like this delusional like kind of like you gotta be like this condescending narcissist to just know that you're like the the shit yeah (laughs) and then you but the thing is you gotta believe it drives you and that if you lose that you still know that you're good enough that you just lost this time yeah and guys tend to have fragile egos. Mm. When they lose, you know, especially the narcissists who, <laughs> who talk that they're the shit, right? Man, they're the one that if they lose, you will never see them again. <laughs> right? Why is that? Because they're at home training? No, because they're at home, they're like, because they're embarrassed. That they're, is true. They're talking all this shit and then they get eighth place, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you never see them again. They're not at home training. They're at home crying and they're looking up jobs at Walmart because they're done with that. <laughs> that reminds me. I always bring this up because this is one of the highlights of my days. Okay, here we go. Back, we're going back to big debate. No, oh. no. this is when I was playing Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> this is when I used to play video games all the time, secretly at night, without mm-hmm. my parents knowing. And I remember my cousins were hosting a Mario Kart game night. So they they invited like church people, you know, um, and like friends and other cousins. And we all came over and it was let me just say this. It was just a ton of guys mm-hmm. playing and racing each other in like this four multiplayer Mario Kart game. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was this guy who he was winning all the time. Like nobody wanted to play against him because he was like. He, he was, was the best. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the best on that group. <laughs> and I just remember. Um, uh, people got tired of playing against him because he he was he, yeah. he was he became the hawk. He was like just puffing. He was a conceited puffball, basically. Like he was just talking smack and mad shit. But that was because he was winning. So yeah. you know, at the end of the day, of course, he's kind of like allowed to. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. And I just remember, oh, you know, uh, 
I'll try it out. How old were you this time? Oh, I was maybe like 12. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you look like a dude. You show up. <laughs> Shut up. Just... Yeah, I, I, I was a tomboy back yeah, in the day. Yeah, you blended in with the rest <laughs> of the guys. No, but I remember I was just playing and I don't know, but like my skills surpassed him tremendously like yeah. like i'm not talking about a close call type win nah, but i was like <laughs> she's like i was two laps on him the the map only has two laps and i remember <laughs> i remember beating him and yeah. everyone was like oh yeah and, and then you know obviously his ego was hurt yeah. because then you have all his friends and people who are no longer looking at him like he was the best yeah but now they're starting to talk shit about him too you know in a very jokingly way like oh look you just got beat by a girl and i just remember realizing how how hurt his ego was mm -hmm. because he said ain't nobody in this bitch gonna be better than me no he said that was a fluke like he yeah. was like oh that you you just got lucky let's do it again yeah i said oh okay and i remember beating him two more times dang and, and, but i mean it really does go to show like men do have those type of egos where yeah yeah and i i commend you put <laughs> him you. in his place Thank you. i just really wanted to talk about yeah put him in his place put him in his place <laughs> I heard he moved to California, started a new life <laughs> after that beat down. <laughs> but yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like those are the guys that are easily broken, you know? Yeah, but I, I um I wonder how he's doing. <laughs> he's a broken man, he's into drugs, he never got his life back together, he's living in the alleys. <laughs> That that really does kind of sound like him. Actually, you, you destroyed him, man. I you destroyed just, you destroy his future. You took away his future. When he goes to sleep, all he sees is his cousins laughing at him. <laughs> you got me, my girl. But, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, that is true. Men's ego tend to get hurt easily. My brother's egos are like that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like, they talk all big about how good they are, and then when you beat them, they mm -hmm. kind of, like, shrink into the shell, and they just don't want to talk about it. They don't shrink into the shell. Okay. They shrink into who they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, they don't want to talk about it, and when you bring it back up... They'll be like, nah. Yeah, they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I don't know what like, you're talking about. Like, that's a lie. Like, that never happened. Yeah, yeah, like how you beat up your brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can see that, you know? Like, to me, it's like... I talk a lot of, I guess like I am kind of egotistic, <laughs> right? And I am a narcissist. Yeah. But I, I do it. But I Thank do it. Thank you. Everyone heard that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I am, but I do it for a different reason, okay? I don't do it to say I'm the biggest, the baddest. I beat all you guys, mm -hmm. right? I see it kind of like, like, you know, in, in wrestling, and like WWE, mm -hmm. WWF. You do it right? for entertainment. I do it for entertainment. I, I, I want to be the bad guy. <laughs> I find being the bad guy the more fun role to play. Mm -hmm. Right? And I enjoy being the bad guy. So it's kind of like that where like in WWE, it's like it's, nobody cares about a good guy, a good guy wrestling match. No, you want the evil guy, the bad guy, and you want a good guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you want that, that difference. That's what entertainment is. That's the, the egotistic I become. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I lose, it's like it's part of the entertainment. I'm supposed to lose, right? And if I win, I'm gonna be even a bigger <laughs> asshole, yeah. right? That it's, is true. So that when you get, when you actually defeat me, it's gonna be a bigger payoff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
And to me, that's entertainment. Am I egotistic? I don't think I'm egotistic. I think I'm competitive. Eh, I don't know about that. He used to be competitive. Okay, I used to be competitive where if I lose, I, I, I'm I, not egotistic, but I become very I become very angry and disappointed at myself. So you're a sore loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're a sore loser. I'm a sore loser, but I use that soreness to, like, to drive oh. myself. <laughs> to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would do that now, but not back then. Yeah, I don't know. You're not really egotistic. You don't really claim yourself to be the best. And when you do, it's like, like I said, it's it's more about entertainment than it is <laughs> yeah. actually believing. Like when I tell people I'll beat you in Monopoly. Yeah. yeah nobody wants to play Monopoly. Monopoly is such a boring game to me. But that is the truth. I do beat everyone in Monopoly. Yeah, because... It's a game for assholes. <laughs> and I don't know any bigger assholes and liars than you. So don't challenge me on Monopoly. I'll beat you. Yeah, because Chi cheats. <laughs> I do Only cheat. if Chi plays. Chi's rule is Chi's the banker when she plays Monopoly. <laughs> I am always the banker. Exactly. Monopoly. That's why she but wins. That's, but that's not when how. When she passed go. That's not how I cheat. When she passed go, she grasped 400. regardless, I don't cheat, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's part of her name. Cheater. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, especially for guys, right, that if they don't succeed, if they don't show any... Uh, talent and what they're doing it's like they give up or they lose the support like instantly mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that's why you don't see a lot of guys doing that stuff mm. because I'll be real honest it's very rare to see a single Hmong guy uh, like in, in his 30s oh, really <laughs> I have a brother who's single yeah in his 30s. but it's very rare <laughs> You take the, you take the whole Hmong community as a whole, and then you try to find single guys in the thirties that does not have that that's not divorced. Oh, really? I can name five in one hand that's above thirty and single. Yeah, and they're all from my dad's side yeah, of the family. <laughs> right, but I'm saying as actually, I can name ten right now. I can honestly name ten for you that are above thirty. That are above thirty, and they're single. That that's not divorced. That's not divorced. Or have kids. Or have kids. <laughs> yeah, you just sounds like a family of losers. <laughs> losers. Cheese, a family of losers. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but they all are family members. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A fam- a cheese family is a loser tree, and now they don't fall very f- far from it. <laughs> that's the problem they don't fall they're still on the tree <laughs> losers <laughs> yeah i can i can definitely name 10 right now yeah but I'm, I'm, I'm saying comparative to the whole home community but you know what all those 10 i can say are even though they're single are they're actually like oh. financially stable yeah so there goes to show that if you get married and have kids, you're not financially stable. <laughs> no, but seriously, like they're all financially stable. They have good jobs. They, you know, like. In, in relative terms are successful. Right. Right. Yes. But that's my point is that that is like, especially with the, the uh, younger generations now. Getting married is not your goal anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Finding a good job is necessarily your goal anymore. I feel like nowadays, 
we have become more Americanized. Where like we, it maybe it might be okay to follow your dreams. You know what I'm saying? It might be, just might be okay. Yeah, it might be okay. You know, but before it was a a no. Mm-hmm. You don't follow your dreams. You go get married and you buy a house and you raise your kids. But I mean, at the same time, you gotta put the uh, economy in there too as a factor. It's harder to find a good paying job enough where you could buy a house and raise a family. Yeah, that's why you need two. That's yeah. why they always say get married so that you have a partner who can also financially help you so that you guys can build a home together. Right, but then you can't. Then it's gonna be hard to to start a family. You know what I'm saying? Because you have all this excess, like bills, yeah, and, and stuff. That's and a, so like it's that. like you're both working, and that's why I'm saying like. Nowadays, the reason why Hmong kids are not getting married as early anymore is because, you know, it's, it's, I think it's more of like a American thing where the like economic thing where just kids in general nowadays are not getting married earlier because they can't afford to get married. You know, they can't afford to get a house. They can't afford to do this stuff because their jobs aren't high paying enough, like how it was in like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like in the 90s, man, you can get paid minimum wage, like $7 an hour, and you could get a house for 30 grand. You know, forty grand in a pretty nice, nice house. Gas was like forty cents a gallon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's yeah, it's completely different. But I can see that. But what's the point of bringing this up? I don't know. Why guys aren't as uh, oh, because you were calling my family losers. No, that was not the reason why. <laughs> but they are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is all jokes, okay? <laughs> It's okay, and you know I'm not afraid to say this kind of thing because I know I beat all you guys up. Cause y'all losers, losers. I can take three of y'all at once. I'm just kidding. Don't beat me up, please. Okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna help you in this conversation. Yeah. It's okay if I get beat up because of what I've said. It's understandable. I, I deserved it. But my point is, I think that now that Sunisa Lee has won. It's going to open up, not like you won't see it like right away, but I, I'm telling you in the next like 10, 20 years, you're going to start seeing more and more people start showing up in different uh, fields mm-hmm. and becoming like the champ. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And I, I'm just waiting for the guys because I think that Sunni also shows that guys could like just more people in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be a girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that guys will show up. But let's be honest, it's not going to be in the NBA. <laughs> okay okay because you know mom people are relatively short and the the tallest mom i ever saw was like a five nine dude mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> i'm just kidding i'm pretty sure there's like six foot mom people out there but yeah. oh yeah in minnesota there's a ton of them yeah but apparently in minnesota they just breed tall monk people for some reason mm. no there really is my cousins yeah. that live in minnesota they're like six one six two that's how tall they are. Mm. And still losers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is true. They, they all are above 30. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for Hmong people in a sense. I'm excited to see where this takes Hmong people because, like I said, I, I do truly believe in the rule of normality where you're going to start seeing more Hmong people. Like they do that was in, you know, in Mulan, even though he. Mm-hmm. We know, we know who he is, who he plays, but we just know that he's a Hmong guy. Mm-hmm. But not just that, it was, you know, it goes back to like the first Hmong senator in Minnesota. Like she led the way and now there's a ton of them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And be, what, Hmong doctors are, you know, becoming 
the normality now among judges. And we always had those. I know, but <laughs> I'm trying to say that all it took was for one person to do it, and then it became, oh, if they can do it, I could do it too. Right, but I feel like that's different, though. Okay. Like, 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 because to me, that's career stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because senator is different because you have to be elected right. to get that role. Yeah. Right. It's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. But to be a monk doctor, I just felt like you just got to work your way into the career path and you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the, the, the access to it is not as difficult. Oh, yeah. 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 As, I know what you mean. As senator or mm-hmm. as winning the Olympics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think those hit harder. Versus just the career ones. Even though yeah. the career ones are good, you know, that there are Hmong doctors and stuff like that. And it does become more of a normality where people do strive to mm-hmm. become like that. But I don't know, man. When it's the Olympics and you win gold, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Because like, you have to be the best of the best. Yeah. It's not just the best in the Hmong community, but the best in the in the, in the world. And then to go to the worlds to compete like at the Olympics and then to win the world. Yeah. Yeah, that, that speaks volume. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like being president. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, it's, Barack Obama should never have to pay for it and sing a meal <laughs> for the rest of his life. You get what I'm saying? Like, if you're charging Barack Obama for his meals... Like you, you deserve to get smacked. <laughs> like I will personally come and smack you if you ever charge Barack Obama for a meal. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Why? I'm just saying. Like, doesn't it like phantom? Like, like doesn't it make you think that like phantom? Not phantom, but like doesn't it like like not fathom? Yeah, fathom. <laughs> like yeah, not phantom. Fathom. What was it? Fathom. Can you fathom the, you know. Yeah, the thought of Barack Obama <laughs> paying for a meal after he became president, right? If Barack Obama walked into your restaurant, would you charge him? Uh, no. Exactly. I'd be cleaning his shoes. Exactly. <laughs> no. Like I'll massage your foot while you eat. <laughs> and where he ate, you would no longer allow people to yeah. use that table. You go buy uh, those yellow strips yeah. and mark that table. Yeah, you put it behind glass and Barack Obama was here. Yeah. Yeah. And just, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, we need to kind of put Sunni in that kind of. In that category. Yeah, that category where she should not have to pay for another meal in her life from Hmong people. From Hmong people. No, because I just feel like, you know, Americans going to be continue being Americans. They don't, they don't, they have enough winners where they don't need to, yeah. um, what you call it, like, praise them at that rate. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, Michael Phelps should never have need to pay for another meal, you know? Michael Phelps, who won, what, eight gold medals yeah. in one Olympic game? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know why he's now, still... Now, I can't fathom that. <laughs> oh, but you can fathom uh, Barack Obama having to pay? But, yeah. Hey, man, that guy gets paid high six figs. Who cares? <laughs> he was the president of the United States. He better States. pay $5 for this meal that he buys from me. I'm charging him triple. <laughs> I'm charging triple. <laughs> but yeah, Sunni should not need to play, pay for another meal. I don't care if she came in with a 12-party uh, <laughs> family. Right? His entire, her entire family. Yeah, it should up. be an honor that she comes to eat at your restaurant. Yeah, that's what that's what honor means. Yeah. Mulan needs to... Yeah. Um, Mulan some- needs to pay double. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if anybody from Mulong showed up at my restaurant, you're paying double. That's so <laughs> Wasted my time. <laughs> Disrespected me. Dishonored you? Yeah, dishonored me and my family. 
Uh, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that's <laughs> enough. But uh, well, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Bows to Babus. And if you guys have any inquiries or any questions <laughs> you guys would like to uh, for us to answer or give us our opinions to, please send us an email at babus to babus at gmail. That's b a b u s t o b a b u s at gmail dot com. Thank you, everyone, and I see you guys the next one. Bye.